Hello and welcome to the Violin Geek Podcast. I'm Laurel Thompson and today I'm very excited to share with you a technique that I've been using to get a lot of music and material up to speed, literally, in a short period of time. So I've had a lot of projects going on recently kind of wrapping up the end of the year here. I've had a lot of performances and several recording projects and a big Strings Magazine book and video project that, um, and all of this has been taking place over the last three months or so. And um, many of these projects, I've only had a week or two, or even in some cases, a few days to prepare. So this particular practice technique, which I'm terming the round robin, um, I'll explain that in a minute, has really been helping me to get the music polished quickly and I hope it will do the same for you it's not something that I've necessarily come up with um, I think that I've heard of other people doing this and um, I don't know I've probably read about it somewhere but I just can't remember who to attribute attribute it to at this particular moment in time but um let me explain why I'm calling it the round robin. So um, I've heard that term more in like songwriting, uh, songwriter circles, where a group of songwriters might get together and do a concert or um, get together and do like a sing along or something, where they kind of take turns with different people presenting or leading a song or whatever. Um, I've also heard the term in relation to like sports and tournaments and stuff where each group of um, athletes or each team or whatever um, they go out and play each other team so anyway that's, that's kind of the background there and why I'm using that term to relate to this practice technique which is very very straightforward and simple all it means is to rather than like start your practice say like with scales and then do your etudes and then move on to your repertoire and um, maybe end up with um, with some of your fun pieces you know and, and, and scatter some some technique in there as um, as it's necessary you know obviously um, actually to kind of move through all of your repertoire and all of your exercises kind of continuously so um, let me give you an example of, of how I did this with my uh, recent Strings Magazine project. So this was the Strings Guide to Bowing that I was writing. Actually, I think that they're calling it um, Improve Your Bowing Technique or something like that. Improve Your Bowing Technique, Complete Edition, I don't know. Um, anyhow, so we're basically taking you from your basic bow hold through kind of the basic strokes and the bowing arm mechanics and, uh, you know, like stuff like detaché and uh, moving you into more advanced strokes. So spiccato, sautier, ricochet, both on string and off string. Um, you know how to play chords and double stops and how to troubleshoot squeaks and crunches and and that kind of thing and, and get a good tone so um, particularly with all these different types of bowing strokes some of which we do every single day you know we're always playing detaché we're always doing some slurs and playing legato and stuff um, fairly often we're doing stuff like spiccato but how often are we really doing like on string ricochet you know like in my 20 years of playing the violin, I don't know, you know, I, I can count the songs where I've come across that technique maybe on one hand. So, um, so within the course of just a couple months, I was having to make sure that I had all of these techniques um, up to a good high level. And, um, and you know, I, I kind of realized that some of them I really hadn't had a lot of experience with. And here I'm supposed to be a quote unquote expert. Um, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> 
But doing this technique of basically I had all of my excerpts that I had um, laid out. So all of the different pieces where I had found these different techniques. And um, so I had all that. And, um, you know, I also had just the technique maybe on open strings. And I would just go around and around playing through all of the different strokes and only spend like maybe at the most two minutes on each one. That is my timer. That means my breakfast is done. So I'm going to wrap this up quickly. <laughs> um, so so I'd go around and spending, you know, like I said, two minutes maybe on each one and just keep going around and around maybe, you know, for a couple hours. And in a very short period of time, I found that kind of the muscle memory and the connection between my brain and how to do these different bowing techniques, which which are quite challenging, I found doing all of them, you know, having to having to be able to do all of them and um, switch between them particularly quickly because each one requires a subtly different um, area of the arm to be active or, you know, just, just ever so slightly different movements and choreography and stuff like that. So I found that this kind of round robin practice technique was extremely effective. And I'm happy to say that I'm done with that project, but I'm still continuing to practice those strokes and, um, and apply this technique to other areas. So I mentioned earlier, like the recording projects, um, some of this stuff, you know, there's only a few days to prepare and then you're in the studio and, uh, you don't want to take a million takes, you know, you have to do it in just a few, um, at most. So, um, so I'll tell you a funny story about my prep for, for a recording project actually I have tomorrow. And, um, I'm going to be playing the first, second and second violin parts and then the viola part. And, um, so I'm, I'm going around and around and, and just sort of practicing the little challenging spots. Overall, it's, it's not too challenging, but there's, there's a couple, particularly in the, the second violin part and the viola part where there's like lots of string crossings and kind of some strange intervals and, and jumps between, um, fingerings, you know, that are kind of awkward. And so I was kind of going back and forth and back and forth around through these three parts of music. And, um, you know, everything was coming together pretty well, but then, um, it's kind of a funny, a funny, don't do this story. (laughs) Um, so I was playing the viola part and then I went to go and, and, uh, switch to the violin, the, the second violin part. And, um, my mind switched over to treble clef. Um, so that was fine, but I didn't physically switch my instrument. So here I am playing this other part. I'm like, this sounds like it's in a totally different key. Like, what is going on? Did the guy like accidentally, this was the first time I was playing the second violin part, in fact. And I'm like, did this guy, this composer, did he like accidentally, you know, not switch clefs? Like, what, huh? And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm still playing viola. So don't do that. So actually switch your instrument if you play more than one instrument. (laughs) Um, 
But yeah, I'm, I'm finding that this, this round robin technique has been extremely effective. And, you know, I might have mentioned it before. I've done so many podcasts. I think we're up into the 40s at this point that um, sometimes I forget what I've actually done. Um, I'm certainly not going to go back over and listen to every single one to see if I, I mentioned anything like this. But I'm making it its own podcast because I really think that this is just um, so helpful. And um, in particular, I think it's, it's so helpful because... It keeps your mind fresh and it keeps you kind of having to come back. I'm certainly not an expert in the brain and how it works, but I have done a lot of reading and I'm fascinated with the subject. And it seems to me that um, we learn best when we stimulate the neural pathways that we're trying to beef up, let's say. (laughs) frequently and not necessarily for a long period of time. So I know that I've mentioned these books in the past, but one is Brain Rules by John Medina and the other is The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle, C-O-Y-L-E. And both are really awesome books and I think you can relate them uh, to music and, and the study of music. But the point is that in doing this technique of practice where we're just spending a short period of time on each thing and then coming back to it, we're, we're giving the brain the signal that yes, it is very important to remember this. Um, the opposite would be like cramming for a test and kind of all that information is going into the short-term memory and then you go and do the test and then you forget it the next week. I think we've all had that experience. You know, for me, it was like biology. I knew I was not going to be a biologist and this stuff was interesting and all, but, uh, you know, it was all about kind of getting the A's and um, for me, not so much retaining that information. And for me, I found, uh, especially with these bow strokes, which like I said earlier, are um, are so subtle in their differences, I really found that training myself to switch quickly back and forth between them was really effective at uh, just kind of figuring out what was really necessary for each stroke, like, like mechanically say, you know, what part of my arm really needed to move and be active and what part needed to be passive to pull it off. And switching back and forth between them, I got really good at switching back and forth between different areas of my body, you know, different, um, different muscles and different movements. And I don't think that that would have worked so well if I had slogged away at spiccato for half an hour and then maybe taken a break and the next day come back to sautier and that day also do ricochet and then the next day come back and practice some detaché and some legato, you know. It would it would have been too spread out. And I think, um, I, I do remember from, I believe, um, John Medina's book, uh, Brain Rolls, him talking about kind of this 10-minute limit for the brain to kind of pay attention. So certainly if you're practicing anything at length and and it's getting to be over 10 minutes, like you really need to you need to mix it up. You need to somehow inject some some new interest and um like shed some light on on what you're trying to actually do. Um, we, can, we can get a lot done in 10 minutes, for sure. Uh, I have talked about kind of chunking up your practice time and doing, rather than one long practice, doing two or three practices throughout the day. Now, I know that not all of us have the luxury of being able to come back and, and practice you know, morning, noon, and night, but I think that with this round robin technique, we can kind of get similar results from one long practice session. So, um, so either way, 
but but definitely, you know, keep keep your sections, keep your chunks of um, practicing under 10 minutes. And like I said earlier, two minutes for me was seemed to be kind of the sweet spot where I could be incredibly focused and then move on and be incredibly focused. And, um, and after just a few hours of incredibly focused practice time, be able to work this, this, uh, detailed stuff up, um, to a level where I think in the past without this, uh, it would have taken me, um, probably three times as long. Yeah, I can pretty much say that with confidence. Um, so I just wanted to add, you know, I've been talking about kind of more advanced technique. What would you do if you were a beginner? And how would this apply to you? So I have often told my beginning students that what they need to do with like just basic stuff, like how to hold the violin and how to hold the bow, you need to come back to it frequently throughout the day, like immerse your day in learning how to do this really basic stuff. Um, I found over the years that a lot of beginning students would come back to me week after week like, well, I tried to practice, but I didn't really know what to practice. And it's like you have to realize if you're a beginner that in the beginning you're not going to be practicing repertoire. That's just how it is. You know, um, you need to get your positioning and particularly with the violin or the viola, the positioning is, is really what is going to make or break your technique later on. Sorry to say, you know, um, some people might say, oh, no, it doesn't matter. Everyone holds their bow differently. Everyone holds their instrument differently. Yeah, everyone's body is different, too. We have to consider that. So um, so it might not be that it doesn't matter. It might be that just everyone needs to find what's natural for them. And, and that's more what I think. So you need to find what's natural for you. And you need to give your body, like I was saying earlier, those signals frequently that, yes, this is very important. Like, you need to learn how to hold this bow properly. You know, how many beginning students have I had? I've come back after a week and they're like, well, you know, I went home and I tried to do the same thing and, you know, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember how to do it. You know, there's so much information and now I've, you know, I've got this Boeing guide out there. You can definitely find the information, but once you have the information, you really have to apply it because it does take time, both it takes time for your, your brain to kind of wrap, literally wrap your head around what you're goal is how your hand's supposed to look on the bow, how your violin's supposed to, to feel on your shoulder. And then there's there's just getting that connection between the mind and the body stronger. And, and that's really what takes time, you know. We're building these neural pathways and um, and you just have to keep kind of injecting them with that message that this is important. So if you're a beginner, you go around and pick up your bow you know, seven times a day and get into position and then go away and do something else. If you only have a certain amount of practice time, maybe a half hour, you know, in the morning before you go to work or school or something, then run through everything that you need to do as a beginner, which could be, you know, pick up your bow and get into position and hold it there and then put it down and then pick up your instrument and get comfortable and hold it there for a moment and then pick up your bow again and then your instrument again and maybe you're starting to learn a few strokes so you, you know after you get into position then you're starting to play some long bows and you're trying to keep your bow straight and perpendicular to the string trying to get a good tone you're listening and then you're putting it down and you're starting again picking up your bow picking up your instrument you know how many times are beginners simply getting into position and then kind of flailing away and over the course of 30 minutes the 
positioning of the instrument and the bow in in the right hand is kind of deteriorating so we don't want that so you want to you want to keep coming back to kind of square one picking up the bow picking up the instrument getting comfortable in position um, you know if anything feels awkward you know say the bow hand feels awkward put down the violin pick up the bow inspect it you know is anything tense um, and so that's that's how I would say that a beginner could use this. Once you start to learn a little bit of repertoire, maybe let's say you're in the Suzuki books, you know, you know a few songs, you're not going to spend 15 minutes just on Sticky Sticky Donut playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star doing this technique. You're going to spend a few minutes and then you're going to move on to Lightly Row and you're going to do that for a few minutes. And then you're going to do, you know, Song of the Wind and then you're going to come back to maybe a different Twinkle variation and um, something like that. Um, so anyway, so hopefully that gives both the beginners and the intermediates and more advanced players out there some ideas of how they might use this practice technique in their day-to-day -day life. And um, let me know what you think. I would love to hear from any of you out there who is listening, um, how this is going for you. You know, do you have any successes? Do you have any questions? Do you have any suggestions? Are there things that you found out about using this technique that um, that makes it work better for you than, than other things? You know, I'm, I'm totally open to passing those ideas out there too. You know, if uh, someone comes up with some really juicy tidbits, please share them and reach out. You can find me on Facebook, Laurel Thompson Music, or my website, laurelthompson.com. Laurel Thompson is spelled L-A-U-R-E-L-T-H-O-M-S-E-N. You can also send me an email with any comments, questions, or suggestions. Uh, my email is laurel at laurelthompson.com. And I wish you all the best with this practice technique. I hope that it is as effective for you as it has been for me recently. And of course, until next time, happy practicing.